0: Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Chris Enosaro. I am joined as always by my guy, Jay Binkley. Jay, we are now in about to enter bowl season, where we talked about a lot about all of the players who were entering the transfer portal. And now we're starting to get some draft declarations just now, literally right before we uh, popped on the mics and started recording. Drake May announced that he was going to forego his final year and he was going to enter the 2024 NFL draft.
1: Shocker. Yeah.
0: Shocking you know. to Philadelphia. Like. <laughs> Not at all. Like <laughs> I and it's funny, it's like you're hearing a lot of players, like there was a lot of players, like quarterbacks that we thought could be drafted in the first round who are uh you know transferring, coming back, et cetera. You know, we just we talked last week about Riley Leonard who is transferring away from Duke. Word is on the street that he's going to be going to Notre Dame. So uh, we, Dylan Gabriel confirmed. We talked about last week he was transferring from Oklahoma. He announced that he's going to go to Oregon. So, you know, a lot of really interesting names there. Certainly Gabriel and Leonard are going to be two names to, to uh, talk about next year going into the 2025 draft. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of speculation going around. But right now, I think we are at a point where we can start to consider what we're going to be seeing in the first round of the, uh, the 2024 NFL draft. We are right in, at a point where a lot of these teams have kind of locked around, locked down the window where they're going to be drafted at. And now we're going to start to see where the players are, are going to fit with each team. Because I think now we can say like the top 10, the teams in the top 10 are probably pretty solid. Maybe one of those teams climbs out. Maybe they do at this point. But uh, it is interesting. In
1: One other kind of nugget that I noticed going around, you talk about Drake May, you know, going to uh, go to the draft. Yeah. You never know, though. I mean, here's the one thing. Even if you think, like, Riley Leonard, we thought we was going to the NFL draft in the beginning. But what happens is, it's what Will Howard's finding out.
0: He yeah. <laughs> man a million
1: dollars, yeah. you know, and no, it's changed the way. Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman. Usually we're used to these guys being redshirt freshmen like Manziel or sophomores right. or juniors. He's a fifth-year player, and we see a lot of these awards fifth- and sixth-year players because they got that extra year because of COVID, and you redshirt it's five. So we're seeing decisions, and I think guys are kind of getting more in it already, to be honest with you, by having that extra year. Um, that way they can refine themselves. Jaden Daniels obviously needed this – the, you know, the five years that he used, and we don't see that very often, but we're starting to see it more and more. There was those rumors of Marvin Harrison staying at Ohio State because of a $20 to $25 or million million nil deal. <laughs> okay, that's great, and that'd be a definite reason to stay, but do you see somebody pon- ponying that up at Ohio State? Now, you never know, but if someone ponies up 20 $25 million, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going back to Ohio State. Um, which would shock things because we think he's you know either the first pick or no less than the third pick yeah, in the draft.
0: Certainly top three. I think. But
1: nil has changed everything, and it's definitely changed a lot of the bowl games and who's going to play, who isn't. Uh, Missouri's finding that out in the Cotton Bowl, where Kyle McCord, the quarterback of Ohio State this year, has already hit the transfer portal, so they're going to be facing a ton of guys, which we've talked about. The first round is loaded with Ohio State, so it's changed things. Um, who knows about Marvin Harrison? I never say never with nil. Cause it just changed the ball game that much, and I think it's changed the the game for prospects going to the NFL.
0: I think if you're not a top half of the first round player, I think there's at least the consideration that maybe you stay, so you can earn a little bit more money. And on top of it, you're gonna make money in college anyways, and you don't have to deal with the ramifications of having to go be an adult and be in a be a professional now there is very much uh, a kind of a a culture in college where you don't have as much responsibility and this isn't your job. It's a part of your life, a major part of your life, but also being a student is a major part of your life. And outside of the season, you can have a little bit more fun and enjoy still kind of having that freedom before you fully grow up. So, yeah, I can understand a lot of those guys, especially now with the financial incentive of NIL. Deciding to stay. So, yeah, I, I very much would understand some of these guys staying. Like I kind of am inclined to think, like, Shador Sanders, Sh- Shador Sanders is going to be uh, staying in college. And there's all these other different names out there, guys, where it's like, you know, they could get drafted this year. But I could totally see them deciding to stay and make a little extra cash, have a little bit more fun for another year, and work on improving their draft stock. So that next year, they're one of the elite players taken in the draft. So I, I 100% get it.
1: It's really, really changed things as far as guys making that easy decision to jump to the NFL, which, mm-hmm. you know, in the long run, NFL teams do benefit because they don't, quote, have to redshirt anybody. Like Tano Pass and, you know, the Chiefs had to do it a few years ago. You don't have to redshirt anybody. You just go and, you know, you have the experience. You need 20 starts at least under your belt at the quarterback position. It will be interesting to see Carson Beck. You know, because he doesn't have that if they go ahead and trust that with him. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: And I also think it's interesting just because for those players, it's like you have an opportunity to mature, get better. And there's incentive for the team, for the teams out there, for those guys to stay because you don't have to burn a rookie contract year. If that player comes in and they're better than they would have been had they left a year earlier, well, now they're better when they come in and start their rookie contract for your team. So it actually works out better. I mean, seriously, I think now if I were one of these teams that was you know looking at some of these players, if I thought a player was just not ready to play at the NFL level, I would advise them, hey, stay in college for a year, get better, improve your game, you're still going to make money, there's no need for you to go out there and waste a, a rookie contract year Essentially, doing a red, you know, playing red shirt. That just doesn't make any sense. And you know, so. I
1: think NIL has been so good for NFL teams. Oh yeah, so guys already have this money. They have this right. many dollars. They probably already have financial advisors at that point. Hopefully, so all these things you try to take rookies, and you know, you have all the money's being thrown at of as rookies in the NFL. You're not having to deal with as much of that when they go to the NFL because they've already, especially if they're high profile, they've already been dealing with this. So that's a good thing. And maybe it's maybe a different way to look at things. But I think that the NIL has helped out pro development and also we talked about the juniors can go to the senior bowl and the other which is great for them yeah it's great for them that you don't have to be a fourth year junior to go to it so the evaluation process is getting better uh for the nfl teams
0: yeah i i love that part about it i think there needs to be more transparency in that regard so yeah i I think this is great for the sport and and certainly i think now it is a hell of a lot more player friendly than when i started watching college football in 1997 i mean (laughs) It's, it's just so much more player-friendly now. I mean, 10 years ago, when we really started addressing whether or not they should get paid, players should get paid or not, that's even more like 15 years ago. Like, it was still – there was still a very large contingent of people that were like, oh, you got to protect the amateur status yeah. of these guys. Not anymore. Like, now you're in a very small minority if you are against these guys making money of any sort. So, I, I love how the culture around college sports has changed, and I love how – these players now are in a much safer environment to be able to, to work on their craft and also be able to mature as adults. Cause I I certainly don't like the fact that these guys go from being in college, making no money whatsoever. to now making millions of dollars. And you, you remember like, what was it before 2010, there was no rookie wage scale. So these guys were coming in. If you were like a top five pick, you were getting, like, a, a market-breaking contract for your position. And it was ridiculous. It's helped quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL. Because, oh, like, Josh Rosen
1: is the world team. Just jettisoned. Yeah. See you later.
0: Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it. And Keller Murray,
1: we could see this coming up soon uh, with Arizona. You know, if you don't have the guy, you can move on with it. Because you're not uh, locked in, having an anchor on it. Right. And, and those guy. guys don't
0: have to draw the envy of their teammates. 'Cause you've got a guy like Jamarcus Russell who's making sixty million dollars as a rookie, hasn't thrown a single pass, is making sixty million dollars as a rookie. And certainly that has to rub his teammates the wrong way, especially when they see him come in and he doesn't really have a great work ethic and you know is has a terrible diet and doesn't really do the the research to try to become a better player. So yeah, I think it's I think it's great all around. And certainly I think this is uh, a system where the players are in a much better place than they were years ago. So, we are going to do a preliminary mock draft. Since now we're we're done with the college football regular season, bowl season is is right here. I think we got some games coming up here for the uh for the um for the uh, for the for bowls this coming weekend, yeah, sixteenth get the FCS yes.
1: semifinals this weekend. Yeah, that as well. D two finals.
0: Which you love the D two finals. I actually like the FCS. You, you I love, love that. You love the I, FCS. I love watching I, you, Montana Furman Saturday night. It, it, it's or always or it's always hilarious because you always got like a player or two from those FCS games that you're like, oh, this well, guy's last year we loaded with it. Tucker Craft. Yeah, and yeah, were all about all it. those guys. Yeah, Christian like, Watson a few years yeah, ago. You yeah, you were all about. You love those D two you know, those uh, those FCS guys, and and for good reason because there's. Certainly a lot more of those guys that turn out into very good uh, players at the professional level. So we want to do a preliminary mock draft. We still don't have the draft order set, so, you know, this is just a – uh, kind of a, a preseason, if you will, yeah, with for all mock those seven drafts. and six teams. The AFC, yeah, it <laughs> can go right? in many directions. I know. Four weeks like, to go. Like exactly. Like we still have four four more games for each team to play, and we don't even have the order set because even after that, you still got the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So and where the Chiefs can end up. But here is the real litmus test of it. It's kind of a test to see where the Chiefs, if they're drafted towards the end of the right, draft, right, 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 where. Who would be available? For instance, we talked about it before. Seven receivers is the record in 2004 to go in the first round. Six quarterbacks in 83, record for first round. How many guys there, edge rushers, offensive tackles thrown into that situation? What will the Chiefs be looking at? Because I'm telling you, the cupboard is going to be full at wide receivers in the first round, which is exactly where they should go.
0: I don't know how many mocks you've been doing here on the side. I've done a ton, and it's just... There's so many great options here. This is our first mock. So this is our first, our first one. mock. Mark it's on our, character. This our, yeah,
1: this is our first preliminary. again. This is our preliminary. Mock. We'll do chief specifics when the comp picks come right. out. Right. We'll else. do
0: we'll do some more first round mocks as but well. But we we'll always do
1: this. Last year we started with this too.
0: Yes. Yeah. But so our criteria is we're going to go with the current what the current draft order would be right now. So we have the Chicago Bears who have the Carolina Panthers pick since they traded that to move up to number one overall. Chicago Bears would be picking number one overall right now. No trades. And our criteria is going to be who we think they should take. Not who we think they will take, who we think they should take. There's a lot of different criteria for it and whatnot. Um, So let's – we want to do this basically. Here's where we have our valuations for these guys here in the first round of the draft.
1: See what positions that we think are going – uh why don't you take the first pick chris we're using your ipad so <laughs> it makes sense and you're closer <laughs> who's closer to the studio you so uh, you make the uh, okay the bears I, I, pick. I was
0: gonna give it to you but i'll take I'll it. i'll give it to you i'll take it so i'll do number two though <laughs> oh yeah i, mean, I, I <laughs> expect that so um we're on the clock now starting it off bears who have the carolina panthers pick picking number one overall i think this one's easy I know there's been hot take artists out here who've tried to make a case for Drake May at number one overall. I just don't see it. Like, I get a lot of people like Drake May because of a lot of the intangibles, because he does some of the things that uh, that is you, you don't normally find in a quarterback improvisation, things like that. But right now, nobody in college can improv the way that Caleb can. No one can make the kind of – uh, creative throws that he makes, similar to like I, I hate the Mahomes comparison, but I do think that it is. One so does he? Sty- oh yeah, I'm sure he does too. But stylistically, he is very similar to him, and I think he's the best quarterback in this draft class. So before
1: you hit that, before you hit that, let me ask you this question. Okay, was there anything going through your mind of Marvin Harrison Jr.?
0: No, and the Cause reason I think
1: Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up in Canton, I don't think Caleb does. And I, but I'm not saying it's a bad pick. That so right. may it too. but here's, I'm just saying. Here's just my thing with,
0: with Marvin Harrison. Is I don't think Marvin Harrison makes this team better than Caleb does because I look at the two. Marvin Harrison, I think, is going to be a great wide receiver. I think Caleb's going to be a great quarterback. Now, is he going to be all-time great? I don't know. But I think he's going to be, at the very minimum, a guy that we argue about should he be in the Hall of Fame or not. I don't know if he's ever going to win a Super Bowl or any of that, but I'm very sure he's the best quarterback in this draft class. I'm very sure that at some point he's going to be the best quarterback, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably a top 10, maybe even top 5. And in that case, I think he makes your team better immediately if you're the Bears than any other player. So I'm going to go Caleb Williams out of USC. Caleb Williams, first pick in the draft, goes to Chicago Bears. So, so now new we're England going Patriots to the, the clock. New England Patriots, number two overall. And, and I think it. this one's easy. I think this one's easy. Quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback, quarterback. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, w- Marvin Harrison Jr. would be a great pick, I think, for the Patriots. But yeah, they got to yeah, have yeah. a quarterback because that's what's missing. I mean, this team almost looked to take new steps this year. Right. Obviously, Bill Belichick probably got a lot of advice from uh, Nick Saban. Obviously, Mac Jones ended up being a better college quarterback <laughs> than an NFL quarterback to me. This is simple. I was going to take whoever you didn't take. Well, I didn't think you were going to go Marvin Harrison Jr. You could have, but I think you were waiting for Drake May. So I'm going to go Drake May, number two, New England Patriots. So we have quarterbacks going one and two, first two picks.
0: Yeah. And so now we got the Cardinals on the clock. Uh, This was a team I think everyone thought was going to be the worst team in the league this year. And so everyone thought that they were going to get Caleb Williams. Now they're in an interesting spot here. The easy pick is Marvin Harrison Jr. But then you got to think about well, what if they decided to go with one of these other quarterbacks? What if they decide to go Jaden Daniels? What if they decide to go Bo Nix? Um, there's options here at quarterback for them at number three overall. But here's my thing A, I don't think that uh, Kyler Murray is very tradable right now because he's just coming off of ACL injury and. Uh, you've got the questions about his work ethic, which is the reason why they put that clause in his contract. That he's got to study the playbook. Eh. Like, I've never heard of that ever being on heard an of NFL it contract. It's a bad look for Kyler Murray for the for the, the Cardinals to feel like they have to put that in the contract. So there's some concerns there. But I think that Kyler Murray is a very talented quarterback, and I think he's a guy, I mean, they, they paid him a lot of money. He's going to be very hard to trade because of that contract. So if you're trading for him, it's because you think he's definitely going to be a star and you're ready to take on a market-making contract from your quarterback immediately, which not very many teams, I think, are, are ready to do. So I don't think he's tradable really that much right now unless the Cardinals decide to eat a bunch of that money, and they're not going to do that because that's stupid. So I think the best move is you get yourself a game-breaking player for your franchise quarterback to throw to safest pick in the draft i think i'm gonna go with marvin harrison jr wide receiver out of ohio state marvin
1: harrison jr
0: so now we're number four at uh we're we got the washington commanders picking number four overall yeah the washington commanders uh will eb
1: be the offensive coordinator next year he might be the head coach will be the head coach there we don't know uh but this is easy one thing about the commanders well how easy is it because i would go I'm really leaning towards Brock Bowers. Really, my favorite pick in the draft because Commanders, that's one of the positions they need is tied in. offensive line as well. Now think about it. What do you think is the worst? Because I like Logan Thomas. They're starting. Here's the thing, line. though. Sam Howell, you know, does he need weapons? But I can also be talking. Does he to need to weapons? Though offensive line or weapons? Like tight end, I could see him with them. But I'm going to go for Shanu, the tackle from Penn State. Who I think is the best tackle. In this year's draft, I think you he, he build that solid wall up there because um, again, tackle or tight end, I think help uh, Sam Howell at this point. But I'm going offensive line with the. uh
0: Is that your best tackle? Because all I really he, like is He's, he's, like right he's my he's my favorite tackle in the draft. Same here. I think he's the best tackle in the draft. Like the only the only negative you hear about uh, Olu fashanu is that. Some people think he needs a little bit more grit, a little bit more toughness, you know, a little bit of a mean streak to him. But you watch him play and he's like the most technically proficient tackle in this draft class by far. Like he looks like he could immediately become a, a starting left tackle in the league and from day one be like like a Laramie Tunsil type come in and immediately be in a franchise left tackle. So I agree with you on that. I know it's hard for you to look at, at Brock Bowers and be like, I don't know if you, That's my you dude, take that. I know, I know, and I get it. And I've had some some struggles there as well. We let trades for Shryadamanta. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he filled
1: some calls here for the uh, Commanders.
0: Oh yeah, because I, I I totally think the Commanders would think about it for sure. Because there's a lot of good tackles and then trade this first down. Round. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get
1: maybe an alt later or somebody like
0: but that. But I think that this is a slam dunk pick for the Commanders. They're not a very good uh, offense. Their offensive line is terrible. I mean, they gave eight million dollars a year to Andrew Wiley. Like that's how you know they're a bad line. Um Sam Howell gets hit way too damn much. They got a lot of weapons on their offense, so I think they're fine. Logan Thomas, I think, is a pretty good tight end. And there's other tight ends they can take, so I, I agree with you. Olu Fashanu I think, is the right pick. For the uh, Chicago Bears picking at number five overall in the first round here. They've already their, grabbed Caleb Williams. This is their actual pick here. We've already taken Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. Now we've got to take another player. I think this pick is very tradable. I think if you're the Bears, you're absolutely gonna field calls, especially if you've got a team that is really looking at Joe Alt and they want to get ahead of the Jets at six overall, which I think you know, where everyone for sure is gonna look at Joe Alt going six. I don't think he moves past six. So, at number five, I do think the Bears will field calls for this. But again, this is not a we're not trading. So, I'm going to go with who I think is the best option for them. And I'm going to go with Liatu Yeah, I knew it. I knew edge out of UCLA. Doing. I really like this guy. Well, and this defense in Chicago has gotten
1: a lot better in the last yes. night. Ever since that Kansas City game, they've oh, gotten yeah. exponentially better. They've gotten
0: a lot better. That's Detroit this past weekend. Yes, 100%. They've gotten a lot better. And here's the thing about it. If they get a good edge rusher on on their defense, you've got a quarterback now on your offense. You've got some decent weapons on your offense. It's the best edge rusher and arguably yes. the best quarterback. So you get best quarterback, best edge rusher. You've got some good weapons on your offense. Cole Komet got a, a nice little contract extension this offseason. DJ Moore certainly looks like one of the he, – when he's on, he's on. Like, there's been times where he's looked like a great receiver, and there's times where they just don't throw him the ball. Now you got your quarterback on the on the opposite end there. I mean, Iber Flus is a defensive guy. Getting an edge rusher with the kind of juice, the kind of athleticism that Latu has, slam dunk pick here. To me, again, I think there's a very good chance they trade out of this. But if they make this pick, I think Liatu Latu is their guy. And here's why it makes sense. Chicago's
1: 30th in the NFL in sacks. They only got 21 sacks this year. Which is terrible. So it's one and They're about 11, 12 total defense at this point. But they're not getting to the quarterback, and Latu makes a ton of sense. Yes.
0: Great uh, value pick.
1: Um for the Chicago Bears.
0: So now we're six overall. New York Jets on the clock. I think this one's the one of the easiest picks in the draft. <laughs> I seriously think this is one of the easiest picks of the draft.
1: Is it though? Yes. You redshirt a guy, but you you, you redshirt a guy behind Aaron Rodgers the quarterback because you're thinking about the future. You're thinking there's so many good quarterbacks in this draft. When you're looking at the Jets, which direction you thinking? You go in defensive line with the New York Jets. The quarterback position to me
0: makes a ton. Of sense. Here's the problem with quarterback. I don't think the Jets are going to want to offend Aaron Rodgers by doing what the Packers did. So, I I and I agree with you on that, but I think more pertinent than finding their quarterback of the future is protecting the quarterback that they just moved a bunch of picks to get. So, I think Joe Ald is the guy. I, I think that's a slam dunk pick for. Him. Or Latham to Alabama. Latham too. Latham's an option. Like here, those two I, guys there. I I think Alt's better than Latham, but, but Latham's. I think Latham's going to be picked a little bit higher than. I've liked
1: think. Alt all year.
0: Yeah, you have. He's he's. I mean, he's the been arguably of, uh, Alt, your favorite Joe Alt
1: of uh, the Kansas City. Chiefs, or no, uh, John Alt of mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Alt, to tackle at Notre Dame. Um. We're going tackle with the New York Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers would be really pleased with this. Even though he would be big, very happy, with but he was the big in the skill positions. That's one thing he wanted in Green Bay was skill positions. Right? But, he doesn't. He's not lacking on that. Right? But now. they're already going out and getting everybody for that. So
0: Alt Joe Alt to the. Uh, I, like I New said, York I, Jets. I think this is probably the one of the easiest picks of the draft. Like if we're like if you get it, this is what if you're doing like a a, a mock draft challenge or whatever, Joe Alt is six. Like take, unless someone's gonna trade up ahead of them at five and and get ahead of them, you know, with the Bears and try to take them, sure. But I, I think this is a slam dug move here. Uh Joe Walt to the Jets. Seven overall, we've got the um New York Giants on the clock. I think this is two one of two players. I think it's either gonna be Malik Neighbors or Keon Coleman. I've I've talked about this all season long, about Keon Coleman. The forty time is going to be what determines who goes, sec- the, who's the second receiver taken. If Keon Coleman is sub four four, he will be take he will be the number two receiver taken in this year. He's
1: draft. a returner. He is six foot four, I
0: believe. Two fifty, yeah, six four, two fifteen. Incredible athlete. I mean, the fact that you have a... Uh, I, what other six four guys returning kicks? They what don't.
1: other? Guy? No one. I love Keon Coleman. He's probably my he, he and Malik Neighbors right there fluctuate between two and three. Right, right behind Marvin Harrison, but. It, it's not, hey, it's Keon Coleman or it's Malik Neighbors is the uh, second receiver taken.
0: I believe I'm going to play it safe right now. I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors. Whoa, because I do not know what Coleman's forty time is, and I think that is going to be the depending factor, the the deciding factor of whether or not he gets taken as the second wide receiver. So for now, play it safe. I don't want to give Keon too much speed that he has it, that he doesn't have. So, I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors as uh, the number uh, seven pick in the first round to the New York Giants.
1: Well, hey, who's done the clock now? Tennessee Let's Titans. Tennessee Titans, they need a wide receiver. They need DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be gone out of the NFL. Um, yeah, yeah, he ain't, getting, he ain't getting any younger. So, it leaves me with Keon Coleman. I've talked about, you know, a lot of people have Keon Coleman going in the mid to. Uh, 15 to 20, somewhere in that area. Yeah, I've
0: seen a lot of those.
1: Romo Dunze seems like a surefire guy. But to me, Keon Coleman's that X-Factor. Keon Coleman's the guy you can look back at in a couple years and say, why did so many people pass on Keon Coleman? Just the uh, true playmaking ability he has. So, Keon Coleman will be the selection for me for the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis, you got yourself a weapon right now in Keon Coleman. There we go. Keon Coleman is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. I uh, overdrafted him, but we'll see at the combine because he's one of those guys. Hey, he might sit there 15 to 25, but if you run sub 4 4, you're looking at top 10. Yeah, I think that's going
0: to, like I said, I think the 40 time is going to decide his draft position. I think he's going to go somewhere before 20, but I think where he gets drafted, how high he gets drafted, depends on that 40 time because I think there was going to be somebody that's going to look at him and be like, yeah, that's our guy. Like, that speed, yeah, we got to get that guy. So we have two quarterbacks so far. Two quarterbacks, and two,
1: two wide receivers. Two wide receivers, so two and two. Again, the record for quarterbacks is sixth. Record for wide receivers in the first round is seven.
0: We got two tackles also taken as well, offensive tackles taken. So um, so now we're at the Saints, ninth overall. And uh, I've been seeing some, some mocks that have this guy going, ninth overall. I think this is going to be one that might sneak up on some people. I've got them taking quarterback Jaden Daniels Ooh, do you? out going of Newton. LSU. I think, A, Desert I Newton. mean, obviously, like, the Louisiana fit there. It's going to be a big culture thing. But, look, Jaden was so great this year. <laughs> he just came out of nowhere and just turned into one of the best quarterbacks he in Bo, the nation. He 40 quarterbacks passing each. But, yeah. but uh, Jalen Daniels had, what,
1: 52 touchdowns combined. 52. So 60, yeah. Joe Burrow had 63 passing in the SEC. But Jaden Daniels led the SEC in passing. He was second in rushing behind Cody Schrader Mm -hmm. at the University of Missouri. But unbelievable, one of the few quarterbacks ever to have over uh, 50 combined touchdowns. He uh, was with Johnny Manziel, guys that ran for over 1,000 yards and passed over 3,500 yards.
0: I just think that the explosiveness, the ability to run, the fact that they already have weapons there. Like, he's going into a Saints team that is ready to win. They just need a quarterback and playing right there. At the... Yeah, he's like I said, he's he's oh, he's, he's playing, playing it, played at Arizona State, played, but he played last yeah, two years at yeah, LSU. Yeah, he played last two years at LSU, and so he's basically hometown guy there. Would Brian Roos Kelly and, say,
1: "Get the family"?
0: Yeah, he's he's gonna pretend late, pretend he's from the South now. Yeah, I I think this one's a slam dunk pick here. I'm gonna go yeah, Jaden Daniels, Daniels, there's Daniels our third ninth overall to the New Orleans Saints. So now the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock at ten. This one's interesting because I think there's a couple ways you can go here. I could probably go Brock Bowers. Here you could go and Brock not have Bowers. Any problems here. whatsoever. Hundred percent. I also think you could go quarterback as well. Yeah,
1: quarterback's the position
0: that they need. Um. So this is basically how much faith do they have in Baker Mayfield? Are they comfortable with just having a mediocre quarterback and just supplying him with as many weapons as they possibly can, or do they want to get better at quarterback? and then hope that that quarterback gets good enough in time to work with the receivers. And obviously they're going to have to get some more receivers as well because Mike Evans is playing his last year in Tampa. And, I mean, Chris Godwin's, what, like 27, 28 years old? Like, he ain't going to be around forever. Uh, Trey Palmer is definitely started. He's showing a little something this year, but, like, he still needs some more seasoning. He's a rookie. So there's a lot of options you could go here. You could go wide receiver. You could go tight end. You could go quarterback. You know what?
1: Because I'm thinking here Michael Penix and I'm thinking Bo Nix. I'm thinking those guys, but I'm going Brock Bowers because that's been my guy all season long. Love Brock Bowers. I think he's the best player available on the draft board this time. Clearly he is here in pro football focus. But still, I like Brock Bowers going here. I don't think he slips into the double digits as far as that's concerned, even though he is here at 10 with the Buccaneers, yeah, but I yeah. think as far as he goes is number 10. I would hate to think that Brock Bowers went out of the top 10. Brock Bowers to the Buccaneers.
0: I think this is a very reasonable pick for them. I a lot of teams, when they have at least a mediocre quarterback, are cool with staying with that and then just supplying them with as much talent as they can. So I very I think it's very, very plausible that they will do that and I think it, I don't think it would be a bad pick. I still think quarterback is a need for him, but I don't think it's a bad pick if they decide to go with, uh, with Brock Bowers here. So I probably would have gone quarterback there, but I completely get the Brock Bowers pick because Brock's one of those guys who could be a generational type player. And, uh, you know, maybe at this point... I think he point, and Mervyn are the two best players in the draft. Right, and I think I think there could be a situation where maybe they don't think that uh, the quarterbacks remaining are worth being taken there. So I, I completely get that. So now we're on to the uh, Oakland Raiders. I mean the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. This one is interesting because there's a couple ways you could go. There's actually three ways you can go. You got Jerzon Newton sitting here at defensive tackle here. He's an option. You got Romo Dunze as well. He's an option. And then I also think you could go Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. I think the quarterback situation is a problem for him. They like Aiden O'Connell, but that's not the answer. He's not the answer. And I could see them giving Aiden another year and saying, we're going to give you as many weapons as you can. We'll see what happens. Or they go veteran guy at the quarterback spot. Or maybe they decide to keep Jimmy and see if they can work something with him. But even though I think they need quarterback – I don't think they're going to go quarterback. So, here at 11th overall, I've got them taking, ooh, this is tough. I'm going to go Jerzon Newton, defensive tackle at Illinois. Best defensive tackle in the country. Yeah, by far. And, you know, their defense isn't very good. Was great last year. Yeah. I mean,
1: well, not this previous year, but the year before. Yeah.
0: So, this gives them an option to get a great, option at defensive tackle improve their defense their defense is not good and uh you know you got to play uh patrick Mahomes twice a year justin herbert twice a year you know russell wilson for the foreseeable future um you know you've got a lot of options that are are very difficult as far as off opposing offenses go get yourself a, a big time defensive player that could be an anchor for a pass rush you know um, they, they like Tyree Wilson. Max Crosby's one, been one of the best pass rushers in the league for the last few years. Get yourself a guy in the middle who could push that pile back, so who pushed that pocket back. So, yeah, I think this is a good pick there at 11 overall. So, 12th overall, we got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers on the clock. Man,
1: with the Chargers, you like to pr- give uh, Justin Herbert weapons.
0: You, know, you, you would. Yeah. I think they
1: struck out last year.
0: Quentin Johnston has I, not I, been I very I think good. that's
1: not the answer they were looking for. But you go first round again a wide receiver that's the big question and defensively uh i think corner is a 29th defense in the nfl they're in quarter, they brought in jc jackson they quickly went away from <laughs> yeah, JC he's going he's back in new england now so i'm going cornerback because you supply the chargers with the defense it's right. clearly what they need i'm gonna go kool-aid mckinstry uh out of alabama at cornerback for the chargers for this pick
0: i really like this pick this is who i've been mocking to the chargers i think that you know, I mean, Khalil Mack's starting to get up there. Joey Bosa's starting to get up there. But at the end of the day, like their secondary is so bad. Derwin James can't stay healthy. Uh, then you know, JC the JC Jackson thing was a disaster. Probably going to be one of the biggest reasons why. Like, I think their their GM head coach combination going to be gone at the end of the year. Uh, you got to you got to fix that defense. You cannot go out there with those corners and think you're going to beat teams, beat Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Shut down corner
1: for the Chargers. I do think they go offensive-minded head coach, which is fine. Me too. Bulk up that defense. Again, 29th total defense.
0: So we got Denver on the clock at 13. Um, They could go wide receiver here. They could go uh, defensive back and kind of shore up their their defense. I'm going to go edge rusher here because I think they've lost... Like their edge, their edge rush situation's not great. They let they traded away Bradley Chubb last season. Randy Gregory's gone now. They just paid that. They paid that guy five years, seventy million dollars before last season. He's already gone. I think what is he with the 49ers now? Like, not a great situation for them as far as their defensive line goes. Their defense has improved uh, throughout the season, but still, like, you got you need some juice there. Especially you got like a great corner in Patrick Sertan the second playing in your, in your secondary, I think you need to get a little bit of juice in the pass rush. And the guy I think can do that is Dallas Turner, edge rusher out of Alabama. Uh, he's my second favorite edge rusher in this draft class. I think he compares very similar to like a Will Anderson Jr. type. Not quite as good, but I still think he's a very good edge I rusher. I mean, I still like Jared Verse.
1: I still like the potential of what Verse can be from Florida State. Yeah. But Dallas Turner would be my second I think, edge.
0: I think Turner's just... He was s- number one. going. He the was. He was until Lottu came in. Uh, I think he's just a safer pick and uh, like I said I just I think he's a technically proficient edge rusher similar to Will Anderson Jr. So I'm going to I'm going to go with uh Dallas Turner.
1: Well, Buffalo Bills, you know, definitely defensive backfield, you know, bulk that up. They were 20th against the run. So you take a linebacker, but they'll get Milano back uh next year. Uh but I, I think, believe
0: that's Milano's last year with the team. So they're going to have to think about that. Position. Yeah, and M- I think this this last Milano year on Milano's contract. So. But the
1: bottom line is they need wide receiver. And you know they were talked about with uh, Odell Beckham when it came out. They were talked about with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh Romo Dunze is the best wide receiver on the board to me. I'm giving the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen another weapon going Romo Dunze, best wide receiver at, uh, and uh out of a trio of wide receivers at Washington with Polk and McMillan. So Odunze oh, to the uh to the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good move. Uh, Gabe Davis <laughs> is probably going to leave. After I should have given the, him the worst player of the day. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Gabe Davis is done in Buffalo. We talked to was it Gene Battaglia earlier yeah. back in August before the season, and he was like, "Yeah, it's probably last year for Gabe there. He hasn't quite panned out the way they were hoping he would." So you know, I. This will be another chance for them to add another weapon. Dalton Kincaid, I think, has been a success for them this year. Well,
1: Milano just re-upped his deal. I, I, yeah, no, he's – I think, This I has think, him
0: through 25. Is it
1: 25? Okay. But potential out in 26. Okay. okay. Potential out So, uh, so get was, Milano back. That, okay, that's yeah. huge for that run defense. That
0: is huge because, yeah, they've they've certainly missed him this year. Um, But, yeah, I, I think, yeah, Romo Dunze there going to the Bills, I think that's a good move for them because they kind of – they need to add a little bit more weapons there on the offense. So – at uh, 15 overall, we get the Seattle Seahawks. Um, this is where I think Jared First goes. Uh, Seahawks been retooling their defense. Their secondary, pretty damn good now. You know, you got Tariq Woolen, you got uh, Devin Witherspoon. The last couple of years, both have turned into really good corners there. I think now you add a little bit of nastiness to your defense. He actually got benched a few weeks ago, but they he came right back. Yeah, he came three right bowl. back. I love yeah. 3 bowling. Yeah. Because he's the
1: fastest player in the draft of what, 6-4? Yeah, four? 6 four. Yeah,
0: crazy-ass speed. Uh, but He ran a yeah. 4 two, six, by the way. Yeah. So, I'm going to go Jared Verse here, edge rusher out of Florida State. They need a little juice there on the defense. You could also go offensive line here, but, like, they need interior. And the problem is that there's no interior lineman worth taking in the first round right now, so... I'm going to go Jared Verse out of Florida State. So the Rams
1: on the clock for 16. Um, with Stafford, it's going to be a guy to be the next quarterback. And I, I really think the Rams are going to go that you quarterback. You think quarterback years. here? I do. I think hmm. the Rams are going to do it. McVay there, I think quarterback uh, for the Rams. I think of the future last year was Stetson Bennett, but obviously who knows what's going on with Stetson Bennett. He's not with the team at this point. Now it comes down to Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. It's one of those two guys, and I like them both. Um, I didn't like Bo Nix early on. I think he's really developed uh, when he's been he's, out the Oregon. He's impressed me a lot. And with the 40 touchdowns he has this year, I'm going to go Bo Nix, quarterback, Oregon, to the Rams.
0: So this is an interesting position for the Bengals here at 17. If Odunze or, or Brock Bowers would have been here at 17, I would have taken either of those two. Because I think T. Higgins is gone. Like, I think there's a very, like, I, I think the Chiefs are going to be pursuing T. Higgins pretty heavily here in the uh, in free agency here in a couple months, in, in the coming months. I, I think that um, this will be one of the tough decisions for them. Because if you look at the the Bengals' defense, they've gotten better as the season have gone along. They were terrible early, like the first month of the season. They've gotten better, but still not great. So you could go defense here. You got uh, the edge-rushing position, probably not something they're going to go with because they got Hilliard and uh, and um, uh, what is it, uh, Trey Hendrickson. So they're not probably not going to go edge-rusher. Could go cornerback, though. Cam Taylor Britt, I think, has actually turned into like, one of the better corners. Uh, when he's, he's, he's a, he's a very good corner, I think. So the question really becomes, do they want to go offensive line or do they want to go wide receiver? Now in the past, they have gone wide receiver. They had an option to take, uh, Panay Sewell out of Oregon or Jamar Chase out of LSU. They decided Jamar Chase because he's got, uh, he's an explosive wide receiver and he was part of that national title team with Joe Burrow. So it made sense. I think now though. In this situation, it makes more sense for them to go offensive line because their quarterback has gotten injured two out of the last four years. Two of his four years in the league, he's gotten hurt. And next year is going to be the first year where he has a pretty substantial hit on your cap because he's going into that fifth-year option. Fifth-year option is not cheap. A lot of people think it's a cheap year. It's not if the player has played a bunch and he's played a bunch. It's going to be like a $30 million cap hit. You do not want a $30 million cap hit player not playing because your offensive line is trash. So I think here, this one's pretty easy. I'm going to go with JC Latham tackle out of Alabama, play on the opposite side of Orlando Brown Jr. And could eventually be their starting left tackle. If Orlando Brown Jr. Continues to not play as well as uh, someone that is being paid the amount of money that he's being paid. So, I'm going to go J.C. Latham here. You could also go uh, Talisi Fuaga uh, out of uh, Oregon State as well. But I'm going to go J.C. Latham because I think he's the best available tackle here.
1: Which leads us to the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in here. At, uh, and the one thing with Pittsburgh is pair somebody opposite side of uh, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. At corner. Mm-hmm. I like defensive backs for Pittsburgh.
0: They're a uh, defensive
1: team, and with Kenny Pickett, they're going to have to be. I do, it, and Patrick Peterson there now, so what's he got left in the tank? Not a, probably a ton. So I'm going, I think, the best corner on the board at this point. It's uh, Nate Wiggins. Uh, uh, Kaitlin King at Penn State I really like. I,
0: I like Wiggins better than King. But I'm than than going to <laughs> Nate Wiggins,
1: cornerback from Clemson, who I think is the next best corner still on here. I think he belongs. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, As it would be funny they, last year the Nate Wiggins this year. So young second. It
0: would be funny if they did go Kalen King since he was also a former teammate of Joey Porter Jr. When he played at Penn State, yeah, yeah. he played at Penn State, so he would he was a he's a teammate of uh, Joey Porter Jr. from last year. So yeah, certainly an option there. But yeah, I think you made the right choice there with Wiggins. I think he is the best available corner at this time. So now we get to number nineteen with the Atlanta Falcons. This one's interesting. The Falcons are a team that has a lot of needs could go quarterback don't think they will could go receiver don't think they will i think defense is going to be where they lean into their identity their defense is actually pretty decent this year it's actually been kind of a strength for them one of the reasons why they are you know right around the, the top of the afc south there um so question is do you want to make a strength continue letting a strength be a strength and i think if you are the Falcons, I think you do. I think you want to invest a little bit more in your defense. Are running back again? No, they're going to go running back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with cornerback Cooper Dijon out of Iowa. Bolster up that secondary. He's hurt right now. He's but- hurt right now. He tore his ACL, I think, uh, was it like a month ago? So, a couple weeks ago, yeah. So, you know, he's hurt, but... We know how these ACLs are healing so much faster now in the in 2023 than they ever have. And Cooper DeGene's a
1: returner as well. Yeah,
0: he's a returner as well. Electric player. I think you want that on your defense when you're a team that's basic like the the Falcons are basically a copy of the Tennessee Titans. Arthur Smith is a former offensive coordinator for the Titans, and he's built that team very similar. Run the football, play defense. If you're going to do that, you need playmakers. DeJean is a great player, so that's why I'm going with at 19. Going 19
1: there. Green 20 Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. I'm still thinking, and this is not going to be popular up there, but Aaron Rodgers isn't there to get mad about uh, getting offensive linemen on non-skill position. <laughs> uh, one of the offensive linemen I've liked all year. He had that high ankle sprain like Brock Bowers. had that tightrope surgery with them. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Marius Mims. Yep, yeah, I know you well, yeah. to the Green Bay Packers I think would be a good fit. I like him. He's got two national titles at the University of Georgia. And he had the same surgery, basically, that uh, Brock Bowers did. So tackle, Marius Mims. I think he can play on both sides, wherever you uh, see him fit. So I'm going to Marius Mims to the Green Bay Packers at 20. And where are we sitting? Let's, see, let's go through a kind of review. What do we have receivers? And...
0: So right now, the only receivers we have taken are Marvin Harrison Jr. at, uh, at third overall to the Arizona Cardinals. We had Malik Neighbors go seven overall to the Giants, Keon Coleman eight overall to the Titans, and then we have Romo Dunze 5? 14 overall to the Bills at five. Uh, I lost right. count there. Well, let's count. I think it's four. four. I think it's four. All right. So it's Harrison, Harrison Junior. Neighbors, Neighbors, Coleman,
1: Keon, Keon, and then we've got Dunze. That's it. Okay, so so we got we've four got receivers four
0: receivers number. taken on the uh, taken on the board here. And we've got four quarterbacks taken. So now we're at 21 with the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings kind of need a little bit of everything here. Um, they need quarterback too, man. I do. And, I mean, that's, it's, six, that's
1: three to nothing over the Raiders, man. <laughs>
0: this And this is. The, I've said this for years that they've needed a quarterback. And they haven't had the option to get a good one. I think they do now. I think at 21, a guy that I, at one point I thought was the second best quarterback in his draft class. Behind... Caleb Williams, guy still sitting there right now, guy who I think could be a very good Kirk Cousins-type guy, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. I'm going to go him at 21. If you're the Vikings, you love the fact that he fell there.
1: And the one guy I'm going to talk about is Quinn Ewers because the decision maybe of coming back to Texas. Right. You know, yeah. gotta leave, and that leads us to where's Arch Manning going to go? Because right. Arch Manning sitting there at Texas. Yeah,
0: and Arch is the third quarterback on their roster. So, yeah, there's a good chance he might end up transferring. So, so now we've got the Arizona Cardinals Arizona again Cardinals. on the clock at twenty at twenty two. To me, it's about
1: offensive skill positions, about the weapons. Uh, earlier on with Arizona, Marvin Harrison, we went Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver. So we'll skip wide receiver at this point. And
0: they've they've got a a pretty good wide receiver room already. They just needed a true number one because their best receiver was uh, what's his name Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown's not a number one receiver. He's a, he's a, he's like a really good number two. So, now they got their number one guy. I think offensive line is a good option here. Um, I know they got Paris Johnson Jr. last year. He's had a terrible year. He's really struggled. Uh, though I think he'll
1: get better. With up-and-coming teams, though, I'm totally about building your lineup. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a thought that you could look at Cameron Kitchens, best secondary guy available the And their defense isn't great, at the University so, yeah, of Miami. That's an option for sure. But uh, a tackle I really like because I like both Oregon's tackles. Like, I, I love that. Oregon State, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State. Um Talese Fuaga, tackle Tali- Oregon Talisi, Talisi, Fuaga.
0: Yes. I, I like that pick. Talese
1: Fuaga. I like it, too, to Arizona. You have him and Marvin Harrison Jr. coming in. You can see them both sitting up at that table right. in the first round. But tackle to the Arizona Cardinals. They
0: need to protect Kyler. Kyler gets hit a lot. Kyler has to run around a lot. This gives them a nice strength to lean on with their offense. So I love this pick. Uh, I think this would be a really good one for them. And I think it very it could very well put Arizona into the playoff picture for sure if they get these guys. Um, so now we're at twenty-third overall to the Colts. Colts are an interesting team because uh, they're a team that's completely overperformed expectations this year. This is a team that picked fourth overall in the draft last year or earlier this year. And yes, now they're in the playoff mix with their backup quarterback and in in, uh, in a Gardner Minshew. This is interesting. Because they're super talented already. Just had bad injuries, bad luck with quarterbacks and bad luck with injuries, And a lot of it at the same time. Especially right now with Anthony Richardson. This is supposed to be a rookie year where he learns and develops. And he was done for the year by October. So this is interesting. I feel like they could very well trade out of this pick because I think that they could uh, accumulate a little bit more value. Uh, It's funny because PFF says they need a wide receiver. I actually think they're good at wide receiver. Like uh, Michael Pittman's been one of the best wide receivers in the league this year. And on top of that, like Josh Downs from North Carolina really, really started to show out here in the middle of the season. So this is kind of a luxury pick for them. But they could also use a little bit more help on the defensive side. And so I'm kind of leaning between Cameron Kitchens and Tyler Newbin, And I'm probably going to go Cameron Kitchens here because I think he's a little bit more of a playmaker overall. I think Newbin's a better ball hog. I think he's better. By as, far the best gopher. Yeah, I think he's – I think Nubin's a better, like, true, like, free safety. Center fielder, shut down the deep ball. But I think Kitchens is a guy that could play all over the field, all over the defense. So I'm going to go with Kenchins because I just think the utility that he brings to that defense is something that you're just not going to find in a lot of different players on defense. Well, this brings us
1: to the pick right before the Kansas City Chiefs in, in this the Pro Football Focus but like, They have the Chiefs at 25th, and obviously right. he will finish yeah. a lot different there. But the Texans, Tank Dell gets hurt, mm-hmm. but Tank Dell's a nice young piece, very for young the, for, the, quarter, for the Texans, very good young. Then Nico receiver. Collins, a former third round pick back in 21. He's got over 1,000 yards this year. Very, very
0: great year for him this year. But
1: wide receiver with C.J. Stroud. Like, that is the perfect mix to me is wide receiver. One of the wide receivers I've really liked all year, and I really liked mocked the mock to Chiefs at the end. Don A. Mitchell or E.D. Mitchell, whichever you prefer, at Texas, an absolute stud, um, would be probably my favorite receiver I going forward believe, at this point. I kind of like Xavier Leggett at South Carolina, yeah. but I like Edie Mitchell a little bit better to the Tech.
0: So right? here's what I'll say about that. Before we do that. The transfer to uh from Georgia, from Georgia to, to Texas. Te- yep. I think the defense is something they could also look at here too. I think that their wide receiver core, I think, is fine. You look at it like Nico Collins, still on a rookie contract here, third year in the league, having a great year. Tank Dell was having a great year before he got hurt. Before he uh what was he? he broke his leg. He but a smaller guy. But a smaller guy. Smaller guy. But he's been great this year. Doesn't matter about size if he's having a great year. So you got him. You got, uh, got Dell, you got Nico Collins, and you got Noah Brown, who actually was starting to come out too as well. I don't know if receivers where they really need to go in the first round. They could go later on, maybe go take a, a, a Tez Walker type in the second round. But I kind of think, especially with the kind of. But with
1: Tank being 5'10, AD yeah, Mitchell 6'4. But, ma- but it doesn't matter. They, We're going they, AD Mitchell to the Houston yeah, Texans. Plays the Texas, going to fit right in there with CJ Stroud. Yeah. I, uh, I trust the Miko Ryans for the defense as head coach. Keep building up. Put some Nico Collins out there. Robert Woods is out there starting now for him. Put some Nico Collins. How about this? How about that trio? Nico Collins, Tank Dell, AD Mitchell.
0: Yeah, I would have gone defense there. Um,
1: Almost one Xavier Leggett from uh, South Carolina. Yeah,
0: I would have gone I would have gone defense there. I think defense is kind of where the priority needs to be right now. Um, so now we got to the Kansas City Chiefs, 25th overall, options at wide receiver. A lot of options at wide receiver. One that really one – two of them that
1: really stand out to me.
0: And so we kind of look at it right here. Like, the top rated per PFF is a Mecca Egbuka. I'm not drafting him. No. Like, I'm just – I'm not. I think he that. benefited from Harrison. I think he's. A, I think. Side. I think he's very much the the bridesmaid type. And he was hurt a lot this year. Hurt a lot this year. I think he's the bridesmaid type. Not taking him. Xavier Leggett is interesting, and I think his combine is going to be vital to his draft position. I think if he has a great combine, runs a great forty time, he's going to shoot up boards. He's already. I mean, we talked about him earlier this year. He was. He was one of my money makers in like October because. He was working his way up. At one point, he was leading the FBS in receiving yards. So he's an interesting option, especially because, like, it wasn't a whole lot of other guys out there. He was the guy in, at South Carolina. So Leggett's an option. Xavier Worthy's an option. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. is an option. That's
1: the guy. Him, Brian Thomas Troy Jr. Troy Franklin is Troy another Franklin option this as well. And Xavier Leggett are, like, the top three, I think, for the Chiefs. Brian Thomas Jr. would give the Chiefs that something they don't have.
0: So here's He's a touchdown machine, he's six foot four. So here's my thing. When I watch Brian Thomas Jr., I think T Higgins. But I think he's got a little bit more speed than T. I think T's like what a 4'5 40 guy. I think I think Brian Thomas is probably a four set four four guy. Right. I think, six
1: foot four, two hundred and five pounds? Yeah,
0: I think he's like a four-four guy. And when I look at that, and I I mean he was a deep threat when he was at LSU, tall, vertical, like All these guys are tall in this draft class. Like, there's not that many short guys here that are going to be, you know, being projected the first couple rounds. But I just, the speed jumps out to me and the uh, ability to run after the catch is so important in this offense. And so I I look at it and like, the only other guy I look at here that I think would be great is Troy Franklin because he's another taller guy. I think he's like 6'3". You know, he's look he's not 1300 yards brian thomas
1: a little over a thousand but he had 15 touchdowns right by the nation
0: and so the thing that jumps Troy, out 63 here, by the way yeah Troy 63 yeah so he's 63 like what 180 yeah, something or something like that he's, he's not super big but the thing about brian thomas that jumps out is the fact that he's got decent. he's a really good speed he's got great size and he knows how to use his body and so i think at 25 i think he makes perfect sense I think the the physicality is going to be important for the Chiefs. I think he could end up playing the role that that Kelsey plays right now, but be a little bit more incorporate. You know, be more of a deep threat. I still think even if you make this pick, you probably want to go look at another deep threat as well. But I'm going to go Brian Thomas Jr. wide receiver at LSU for the Chiefs.
1: You can't okay go wrong with that. 15 touchdowns over a thousand yards, but yeah. the one concern is that you had to break down the film. Played the opposite side of league neighbors, yeah. but came from a high profile. Look at let I me mean, look at the offense of Joe Burrow issue. He had Justin Jefferson as his number two, and he had Jamar Chase as his number one when he wins the national title. So it didn't affect either of those guys because right. they're two of the best. I think two of the top three receivers in the National Football League at that point. That puts us with Jacksonville on the clock, twenty six and edge defensive back. You think a lot of different directions. I'm going offensive line. Their their tackles have been decimated. You see, Juwan Taylor, Jawan Taylor over left in Kansas city. Yep, um,
0: and they took they took Anton Harrison out of uh, Oklahoma in the first round. This they're this building
1: year. up that offensive
0: line. Um, at this point, um, I think this is prime candidate for trade. I think there's a very good option that they could trade out of this, especially if there's a team that likes one of these receivers. Um, you know, you look at, you know, some of these receivers and like, I, I think there might be people, someone that looks at like Xavier Leggett and like, oh, we got to have that guy. Yeah. He's a great athlete because he, you know, Leggett's like another six, three athletic freak, you know, good speed, uh, good physicality. He could be a guy that you, you see someone trade up for. So I, I would not discount that they decide to move out of there and someone trades up to go get a guy like that.
1: For Jacksonville, though, i I got to think offensive line, man. Graham Barton um, at Duke, uh, one of the toughest pound-for-pound offensive linemen. He's 6'5", 315 pounds. Started left tackle for the Duke Blue Devils this year. Um, I'm thinking Jacksonville. I'm thinking about bulking up that offensive line. So, Graham Barton, let's see where the <laughs> pro football folks probably got him way down here. I know oh, he's, he's, right there. Not, he's right there. He's not too bad. Uh, they was ranked as the 28th best player in the deal. But Graham Barton to the Jaguars at uh, pick number 26
0: i like it i think it's a good move um and yeah i i do think yeah the jags are going to have to invest in their offensive line they throw a lot of shorter passes um you know they've had they have had some issues at tackle this year um so yeah getting a guy like him is is certainly going to help out trevor lawrence uh and i i do think that that's Something that's gonna be important because like we watched the Chiefs play against them in you know early in, in September and the offensive line got decimated by the Chiefs. Like Chris Jones had his way, Carl Loftus had his way, like all those guys were out here. They they were putting pads on on uh, on Trevor Lawrence a lot. So I, I think that's a good move. So now we go to twenty-seven. We've got the Dallas Cowboys here. Cowboys don't look like they have a ton of issues right now, a ton of weaknesses. Um, I think that there could be issues on the interior of their defensive line because Mozzie Smith has not really panned out very well, very well this year. Seems like the Chiefs might have dodged a bullet with Mozzie, because you know, there was the reports that they tried to trade up with the Cowboys so they could take Mozzie Smith. Mozzie has not panned out. He is actually, I think, watching the game last night between the Cowboys and the Eagles, I believe he is the worst rated defensive tackle against the run. In the NFL, according to PFF. So, that's that's an interesting little stat there. I think, though, for the Cowboys, wide receiver is an interesting spot. Because you got CeeDee Lamb. And outside of that, you got Michael Gallup. You got Brandon Cooks. Who, like, you know, Cooks is decent. You know, Michael Gallup has been decent. And uh, they, got, they got Turbin as well. But I think... If you are really trying to make sure that your offense remains a strength, you probably want to add another wide receiver. Add another weapon there so that you've got a reliable receive another reliable receiver to throw to. Your offense is a strength. Could go running back here. I don't think there's a running back worth taking here at uh at in the first round. So, I kind of feel like like this is uh, this is the time where I feel like the Cowboys go for the guy who's kind of fallen a bit, whose values kind of diminished, and they're be like, okay, we can we we know this guy, we can turn him into a good player. So I'm going to go wide receiver Emeka Egbuka out of Ohio State. I think that this is where this is really kind of where they they try and shore up and get a good number two guy. I actually think Emeka, uh, Emeka Egbuka would be a good number two receiver. I just wouldn't draft him if he if I needed a number one. And I think this is where he fits in better. So 27 overall, I got wide receiver Emeka Egbuka for the Cowboys.
1: In Detroit, to me, Dan Campbell, it's about physicality. It's about that offensive line at this point. We've seen him go defense last year in offense as well with Jameer Gibbs, uh, the running back taken in the first round. I don't think they go offensive skill position. I think they go linemen. And one lineman I think they get is the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year, who I think is the best guard in this year's draft. So we're going to go guard here.
0: We're going to go Kansas State. Cooper Beebe. Are you going to go Cooper? Cooper. Uh, You're not going to go Zach Zinter? Well, Zinter got hurt.
1: Zinter did get hurt. What was his injury? I don't remember. Was it? He was carted off. I think it was like a knee injury or
0: something, right? Zach
1: Zinter. Yeah. I mean, again. Because he got hurt. Was Was that
0: the Ohio State game we got hurt in?
1: I think it was the Ohio State game. Yeah,
0: yeah, because I remember watching. I was like, "Oh man, that sucks!" Suffered
1: a break to the tibia and fibula. So you know, he should so be give me, he should be good. For he that, should sure. be good to go. But give me Cooper BB. I want Cooper BB instead here for Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Uh, Keep going. I don't
0: know
1: where they have Cooper. There he there is. There he is. Cooper BB. Okay. I think DraftBuzz has even their best guard coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean
0: it, it, it it's all subjective right now. So, um Why do you
1: think Cooper Reeves is either a first or second? I think pick. I
0: think him or Zinter would would be a good pick right here. Um So now we got 29, we got the 49ers here. Uh 49ers do not have a ton of needs. Uh here they list offensive line, corner. Um I do think offensive line could be an issue for them. Hasn't quite been the best Compared to previous years. Trent Williams getting up there. Very much getting up there. So they got options as far as where they could go on their uh on their team. I do think offensive line, though, is a- an option for them. It's probably going to be a priority for them. And the guy I look at that I like for them is Troy Falutanu, tackle out of Washington. Gives them an option for a player to develop once trent williams is done he's a sleeper people really like him or don't. right and and the thing is is like trent williams is like in his mid-30s like you just cannot count on him playing that position forever so uh get a guy that you can develop you can play on that left side in the future and he could eventually be your franchise left tackle for years to come so Yeah, I've got Troy Falotanu, tackle out of Washington, going to the 49ers. So right now, 30th overall on the clock is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens.
1: Boy, it's certainly a nice pick with Zay last year. Yeah. A wide receiver. Zay's worked out for him, And you got to think, okay, wide receiver, because, you know, you look at that offense, their defense is already number one in points against. Yeah, their
0: defense is really good. Look,
1: I like to think defense, but... You know, Leonard Taylor Jr., the defensive lineman of Miami, would be, I think, a good fit if we went defense. But I don't know if I want to go defense. I think that I want to give him um, offensive line once again. Uh, Leonard Taylor Jr. is a guy that uh, was all over the place this year. He didn't only have one sack, though. He, played, um, he only had eight tackles this year, so a little bit down yeah, for he's, Leonard he's Taylor. Still,
0: he's still a good uh, defensive tackle. I think Zach Zinter is also a good option, too. Um there's a lot of different options you could you could take here for the uh, for the Ravens. But
1: you know what, though? I'm going to continue the trend of wide receivers because I think you just have to continue to get wide receivers. This one can also return as well. A punt returner, Xavier Worthy out of Texas. You can make an argument that either A.D. Mitchell or Xavier Worthy. Who's banged up? we got to see what his status is going to be for the college football playoffs. But Xavier Worthy, a guy you saw mocked a lot in just about this position when it was going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. But put Worthy on the other side of Zay. And that is the future for the Baltimore
0: Ravens. I, I kind of doubt wide receiver because, you know, was it Rashad Bateman and then Zay Flowers? They've sunk a lot of draft capital into receiver. Um, Bateman's had injury issues, so, you know, that's kind of a, a problem for him, but they've hit on Zay Flowers. Um, tight end is another option for them as well because Andrews is starting to get up there. So Jatavian Sanders is an option for them, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of worry about Xavier Worthy. Like, I've been watching a lot more film on Texas, rewatching games and whatnot. I think it's pretty clear that AD is the guy there in Texas. Like, I think he's clearly— He's the, already gone. Yeah, he's already gone. He's clearly the guy. And so I kind of worry about number two syndrome with him, with yeah. Xavier. I kind of worry about that with him now. So I get it. But something kind of concerns me about Worthy in that regard. If the Chiefs were on the clock and they had the option of the two, I would want them to take AD. So 31st overall, we got the Miami Dolphins. Um, There's a lot of different ways you can go here. Uh, I think the biggest issue that the Dolphins have is offensive line, Uh, especially at the tackle spot. They are really, really struggling, I think. Like Terry and Arnold, I mean, uh, Terry and Armstead has had so many injuries this year. And I really think they got to start thinking about their future. I mean, Armstead has been in the league for a while. He's very good ta- left tackle with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints before he came over to the Dolphins. So they've got a lot of talent there. And I still, like I said, I think this is a really good offensive tackle class. Like you remember back in 2021 when the Chiefs were needing a left tackle and there were all these options for left tackle, and none of those guys were really were really there. Like none of those guys are really good. Cosme, Eisenberg, Tevin Jenkins, all those Leatherwood. guys Leatherwood, yeah, Leatherwood. Like Leatherwood's was not even in the league right now. He bounced around. He was yeah, in Chicago yeah, for a while too. Yeah, he was in Chicago for a little bit, and he's gone. And all the other guys are guards now. None of those guys are tackles anymore. So that's why the Chiefs had to go Orlando Brown. Right. They 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 knew, and I think we all knew. Like I was like, they're not taking a tackle at that at that pick. I think though, this is actually a very good tackle draft, and I think there's a lot of options late first round. And one guy I have seen mocked to the Chiefs a lot late in the first round that I think could be that guy for the for the Dolphins is Tyler Guyton, tackle out of Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma produces a lot of very good tackles. The Chiefs have they're. They're, they're, they're starting left tackle right now in Wanya Morris is an Oklahoma guy. Their guy before him last year, Orlando Brown Jr., Oklahoma guy. Um, they This is a, a position. Trent Williams, I think, is also an Oklahoma guy. Is considered the best left, left tackle in the game or one of the best left tackles in the game. There's a lot of good options here, but I think this one's pretty easy. Tyler Guyton to the Dolphins. Their offensive line, they got to keep Tua upright. He's small. He has had concussion issues. I think Guyton's the best guy for the job there. But I also think uh, uh, Kingsley Su... Well, I I'm, I'm not I'm not I don't want to butcher his name. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Kingsley matala Tackle out of BYU is another good option as well. But I, I think Tyler Guyton's the guy. Well,
1: Philadelphia, the last pick in the first round, they have him uh, winning the Super Bowl. I don't see that happening. But I think this is uh, based on standings right now. Yeah, based on standing right now. But I will say this. What's one thing you think of Philadelphia? And you think of a real weakness. It's that pass defense they have. Pass defense is so it's, bad. It's one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Matter of fact, it's just as a as a whole, they're giving up two hundred almost two hundred sixty yards a game, which is good enough for a twenty eighth in the NFL. Their two safeties they lost last year in the Super Bowl. Epps went mm-hmm. on to the Raiders. C.J. Gardner Johnson ended up in Detroit. Um, going, I, I this I I'm like, going safety. Yeah, I'm going safety in that corner. This at this pick. So I'm going uh there's one guy I, I've been I've been mocking to them at safety that I really like. It, I'm going Tyler Newbin. Yeah, the guy that we yeah. almost picked earlier. Yes. Safety out of Minnesota. Tyler Newbin to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. to post that defense.
0: Yeah, I like I love this pick for them. I think Newbin is the best ball hawking safety there. I think he's a great center fielder, if you will. So I, I think yeah, I think he's a great option. So to recap our first round mock draft. Well great did we get. Well, it doesn't give oh. us a grade. <laughs> it, it only gives us a grade if we do a team mock draft. But uh, we got Caleb Williams, number one overall, to the to the Bears. Number two overall, we've got quarterback Drake May out of North Carolina. All right, quarterback to the quarterback wide receiver counters, two quarterbacks. To the Cardinals, at number three overall, we've got Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Uh, to the Commanders, at four overall, we've got Olu Fashanu, tackle out of Penn State. Number five overall, back to the Bears here. I think this is a very tradable pick. We've got Tulatu, Edge, out of UCLA. Sixth overall to the Jets, we've got Joe Alt, tackle, Notre Dame. Seventh overall to the Giants, we've got Malik Nabors, wide receiver, LSU. Eighth overall to the Titans, Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. Ninth overall to the Saints, Jaden Daniels, quarterback, LSU. Tenth overall to the Bucks. Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. 11th overall to the Raiders. Jerzon Newton, defensive tackle, Illinois. 12th overall to the Chargers. You've got Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback, Alabama. 13th overall to the the, uh, Broncos. His teammate, Dallas Turner, edge rusher, out of Alabama. 14th overall to the Bills. We've got wide receiver Romo Dunze out of Washington. 15th overall to the Seahawks. Jared Verse, edge, Florida State. Sixteenth overall to the Rams, Bo Nix, quarterback, Oregon. Seventeenth overall to the uh, to the Bengals, J.C. Latham, tackle, Alabama. Eighteenth overall to the Steelers, we've got Nate Wiggins, cornerback, Clemson. Nineteenth overall to the Falcons, Cooper DeJean, quarterback, uh, cornerback, Iowa. To the Packers at twenty, Amarius Mims, tackle, Georgia. To the Vikings at 21, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback, Washington. To the Cardinals at 22, uh, Taliisi Fuaga tackle, Oregon State. To the Colts at 23, Cameron Kinchins, safety, Miami, Florida. To the Texans at 24, A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver, Texas. To the Chiefs at 25, Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver, LSU. To the Jags at 26, Graham Barton, tackle, Duke. To the Cowboys at 27, Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. To the Lions at 28, Cooper Beebe, guard, Kansas State. To the 49ers at 29, Troy Falotanu, tackle, Washington. To the Ravens at 30, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, Texas. To the Dolphins at 31, you got Tyler Guyton, tackle, Oklahoma. And finally, at 32 overall, to the Eagles, you've got Tyler Newbin, safety, Minnesota. Well, one of the tests I want to see,
1: how many quarterbacks and how many wide receivers. Yep. The record for quarterbacks is six. We had five going in the first round. Right. Five, and I think some decisions there, whether... You know, if Quinn Ewers joins the draft, you know, or if J.G. McCarthy lights it up the combine, even though he struggled towards the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, I don't, but I'm not saying that we no. had eight first round receivers. That would be a record. The yes. eight wide receivers in the first round. Also, I think 2007, there was 13 wide receivers drafted in the top two rounds. And so, but we had eight receivers in the first round And quarter. That's 13 selections off the board between quarterbacks and wide receivers.
0: I think a lot of wide receivers go in this draft class. i kind of leaning towards maybe maybe four quarterbacks taken here, maybe five, somewhere four or five quarterbacks, I think, go in the first round this year. I think receivers, we're going to see the record. I think a lot of teams could use a wide receiver, and I think a lot of teams are going to really kind of value that. Um, I think there's going to be some trades, though. I do think there's going to be a few trades, especially – Bears at fifth overall, I think that's a pick that the Bears are going to be shopping heavily, hardcore. The Colts as well, their pick, I think the Colts are going to be shopping that pick as well. Um, I think there's going to be a few teams out there trying to trying to move some picks. The Cardinals as well with their second first-round pick, they could also be looking to to try and uh, shop around that, that. I think it's 23rd overall to try to get some more value there. So... That's just for us to try to guess and put out there who we think are first-round How I many receivers are we looking at? Yeah. There's a lot of receivers there. Eight. I I, I kind of feel like it'll be seven. I'm not confident about uh, Emeka Egbuka. I would not be shocked. Or, Xavier, they... Worthy, that would or be, Xavier Worthy. Or Xavier Worthy is, is another. Six. Those,
1: those two don't make the first I think round. those
0: two guys are probably the most likely to fall out, Um. so don't be shocked by that. But I think that's a good exercise for us to kind of test that valuation. So next week, we'll be back with more content. We'll talk more about the declarations of some of these players. We'll also give you an update on some of these Chiefs rookies because uh, some interesting develops, developments here in the last few weeks as far as some of these guys, especially one of those guys that we've been talking about here for the last few weeks, really last month now. He's, I think, really started to come on at his position of choice there. So we'll talk about that next week. For Jay Binkley, I'm Christian Ocero. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. See you guys again next week.